I spent the weekend uh, in New York and, um, you know, we're at this thing called The Edge. And mm. The Edge is at the top of Hudson Yards, uh, 105 stories up. And it's okay. a balcony that you basically walk out and you can see a like 360 degree view of New York City from an angle that you've never seen New York City before, or any city pretty much. I mean, 105 stories, dude. Yeah, it's awesome. It's fucking high up there. Like you the know? Rockefeller in Chicago. It's so cool. Yeah, and then they have a <laughs> uh, 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 like glass part of it that you can go and everybody's laying on. The glass is fucking dirty as fuck, so you can't. Oh, yeah. you, you cannot take a good picture of it. You know, you cannot no. take a good picture of it. However, you know, I'm up there and I'm thinking, man, I wonder what would happen if I dropped a coin from the top of this. Because they have glass panes up there that are separated by just about half an inch in between yeah. each pane. You know, and I'm thinking, man, what would happen? And I so I start looking down a little bit and I'm like, okay, there's no uh like there's no sidewalk underneath me. Every Every angle from this building is like underneath it is a different rooftop. So it's not like if I did drop the coin, it would hit anybody. Yeah, except it's you. Except, Patrick, <laughs> I didn't drop the coin. That's because it's you and it would have hit somebody. You know <laughs> that. Yeah, it would have been. That's a fact. It would have been fine. <laughs> That would kill yeah, somebody, yeah. right? Yeah, I would think. It would at least injure them very yeah. much. Anyways, my point of the story is that there was, and you would have known him, a definite, definite version of Mundo that would have dropped that coin without thinking. Yeah, yeah. You know, We're older now. We have to make decisions. And it literally made me feel like I leveled up a little bit. <laughs> really dumb yeah. but yeah you know it's really dumb but it was a nice little 31 man victory. 31 yeah you're tiny, not allowed to be a child little victory over there is the vanilla bear patrick how you doing i'm doing great doing uh, all right a couple of my co-workers listened to us for the first time and i had to explain to them what uh what the bear things came from how old are they are they babies yeah they're babies dude oh that's why they didn't even know what we were talking about, like the movies that we were talking about. They didn't even know like what they were, but they said we were. Which funny. one was it? it um, uh, the Shelley Duvall. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm glad we're funny. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, boom, we're funny to teenagers, and that's what matters, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, over here is your chocolate bear. Uh, this is Mundo, and if you don't know, you should know. This is the Forest Film Club. Uh, where we now normally uh, we talk in depth about plots and reviews of movies. Uh, movies that are highly anticipated. And why I say normally is because this episode's a little bit special. Yes, it is. You know, this yes, is, it is. I'm so glad you got to enjoy it too now. It's, it's a movie that uh, 
one second. I want to know. I want to look up when the first screening of this movie was because was oh, it not at, like was like it overall dance last year that it debuted yeah and that's I where think. i think he got the six minute standing ovation yeah uh the venice the venice film festival venice. In, in september uh this was a movie that i had known about since it was uh announced in 2021 do you know that he had been trying to make this movie darren aronofsky the director that is for like 10 years beforehand nope had no idea couldn't uh find the right actor to play to play the lead role that's an interesting reason yeah usually it's you can't get someone to give you money for it (laughs) right and you want to (laughs) know of all the things that convinced him it was a trailer for the movie Journey to the End of the Night. The Night? Journey okay. to the End of the Night. I thought you were going to Journey to the Center of the Earth. I know, right? But yeah. Even more wild. Um, right? Which starred Brendan Fraser, which made Darren Aronofsky think that Fraser was the man for the job. Uh, we fast forward quite some time and he finally gets funding and he's finally got the rights and he's finally got a 24 to distribute. And mm. we have uh, May 24 that I mean, I've said it before. I love Darren Aronofsky. He is yeah. one of he's like Quentin Tarantino in a way, you know, like he is a man yeah. that directs so little that whenever he does come out with a movie you need to pay attention to it that's true i mean did you get a chance to see what i put together i did um i mean i did not even put together that with this movie he now has two of them in my top five yeah did you ever that's see a the wrestler major deal no i have not seen the rest I think that, I mean, I don't think that it would penetrate your top five, but it's a movie that you would love just because, I mean, this is who he is. This is, yeah. you know, I feel like we have, with The Whale at least, we kind of have a um, a trilogy that has officially happened where they're all uh, self-destructive uh, professionals who tragically come to the end of of their lives being obsessed with what they love yeah and given how i feel like you felt about all of them it doesn't seem like there's fatigue on that story because there couldn't be it's very human (laughs) (laughs) like well that's what i want hasn't felt that way that's what i wanted to talk to you about this movie by the way uh the movie is the whale Starring Brendan Fraser, directed by Darren Aronofsky, written by Samuel D. Hunter, uh, released September 4th, 2022, and then into the greater United States, October, uh, December uh, 9th, 2022, both dates. Uh, I want to talk to you so much about so many things in this movie. We need to get started if we want to get through all of it. First of all, I yep. want to take care of some elephants in the room um <laughs> this movie also could have been called the elephant uh if they found <laughs> a if there if there was a classic american novel about hunting elephants 
<laughs> Maybe there could be in another country. Uh, last <laughs> episode, you and I had a mini debate over the uh, Best Supporting Actress Award of the upcoming Oscars. Yes, yes. And you had not seen one of the candidates yet. Yes. Uh, these would be, I believe her name is Hong Chao. Yep. Versus Angela Bassett. Uh, for uh, her performance in Black Widow, um, I gotta say Wakanda. that Wakanda, Wakanda. <laughs> Black Widow, Black Widow. Oh Dude, what would she be in Black Widow? That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda forever. Forgive me, people. There's literally a billion Marvel movies out by now. Oh my god, so many. And then next week is another one. <laughs> oh my god! Although bring it on, because that's one of my favorite ones. <laughs> yeah, I love Ant Man. <laughs> Absolutely, Ant Man rules. Um, I gotta nice heist. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm still pulling for Angela Bassett here. I think that, that's fine. I think that uh, once again, there are two different performances going on here. Yeah, and. I feel like Angela Bassett's uh, sets up more for Black Widow than than, and she's given more room to to breathe in that movie. There's a decent part of this movie, and I get it, supporting actress that uh, uh, Miss Chow just goes away, and we don't see her for a minute. Yeah, that's fair. You know, and I I try to think about the two, um. I'm I'm trying to think of the 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 two speeches that both of them give the two big speeches. For some reason, I like to think that supporting actors and actresses always get nominated for one speech that they give during the movie. You know. So you're I mean? talking about when she's on the porch talking to the kid, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just wasn't as powerful as as uh, Angela Bassett listing off all the things that she lost. Uh, in the middle, right before her, spoiler alert, tragic death in Wakanda. I think think the reason why I felt the way I did is just because I felt like that whole movie was trying to be like the concern of what happened in the past and refused to move forward for a while. And I just got tired of it. I was like, I get it. You lost all the people. Let's move it along. Like, we've already (laughs) done this. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm with you. I understand why you liked it more, though. Yeah. 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 You were looking at it through an agenda. I was looking at it through the through her uh character's development. Yeah. Yeah. Uh number two. There's a lot of of talking going on about uh the fat phobia. Yeah that's in this movie what what are your thoughts on that uh patrick i thought it was extremely powerful um i mean you think that this movie is fat phobic not the movie no i think that there's characters in it that are and that's the point yeah um i appreciate the way they handled it because 
they attempted to find and they did i think very successfully that there's root causes for why people do things they're not just fat because they're fat they may have a medical issue they may have something that's happened to them in the past that's forced them to just kind of give up uh those are important things to put behind somebody that's why i try not to judge any individual i come in contact with because you just never know when you're going to need them again in life or when they're going to come back around um it's an important part of being a professional and networking yeah there's i i there's just seems to be the, the people are treating Brendan Fraser's casting uh, to play this role almost as if it's as insulting as as like blackface would be. So are they treating this? I they're haven't seen a that, lot of this. They're so saying is it... that 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 a a I don't want to say obese because that sounds like insulting, but it's an obese character, yeah. right? So they are calling for an obese actor. Stop. That's like saying the that media. you have a trans character, but you didn't use a trans person. Stop but it. They are, but, but acting is Patrick, acting. But Patrick, there are people <laughs> that are saying that. Nonsense. It's just nonsense. <laughs> there like, are people. I don't that, even want to have the conversation. There are people that are arguing <laughs> that that it's it's just as insulting. Here's the deal. Let me give you the the <laughs> context here, okay? <laughs> this dude had ten years to find a fat guy to play this character, and it didn't work out. <laughs> <sighs> That's a. Does that help? That's a great point. He had 10 years he could have found somebody that was obese that could act. And 10 he years he could have found a fat guy. Yes. <laughs> and he landed on Brendan Fraser, and we're happy for it. Next question, <laughs> sir. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that this is one of the more baffling criticisms of the movie. I think that if you okay. watch this movie and that's your takeaway from it, then you and I watched two different movies. Do I want to hear it? Do we skip it? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm on your side. Oh, oh, that one. I thought you meant the next one. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it's no, ridiculous. No. Stop it. Like, who cares? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I think that that if your reaction to this is that this is a, a fat phobic movie, um, then you entirely miss the point of this movie. Yeah. You know, if anything, it's I don't want to say enabling, but like the whole point of this movie is that there's more to a person than what you might immediately see. Yeah. I mean that's the whole on point of this movie. All of them. Every single character has more than you see. That's yeah. the whole and, point and the only of difference, the thing. The only thing that separates Charlie from the rest of them is that his is most noticeable when you look at him. That's the only difference. Yep. And guess what? The rest what? are all inside. And he is the one that is, is the kindest out of all of them. Dude, how many times can you call your known to be bad daughter amazing? Oh, like, I loved it. he Dude, just banged whenever, that drum. Whenever, whenever the mom <laughs> is talking to him whenever the drunk mom she has a drunk mom sadie sinks drunk mom 
Mm-hmm. I want to, you know what? Before you continue, I want to give them credit for her because she is the one character when I wrote up everything yeah, that Samantha I felt like Moore. didn't change. Samantha she was Moore. what we were billed. Yeah. Um, and that's important. That was an important contrast for the But movie even made. her, she had like so much depth and, and yeah. like she also wasn't who she was on the outside. You know, she well, also yeah, yeah, yeah. was she's just like, like I can't believe there's what six characters in this movie besides uh, all of the one, students. Two, there's five. I I'm counting Dan. <laughs> I'm counting Dan, Dan the, the I'm counting the delivery Dan the guy. delivery I did. driver. I did. You see his face. <laughs> yeah. All in ten seconds. Charlie, Ellie, Liz. Uh, preacher boy, mom, Thomas, drunk mom, Thomas. Oh yeah, yeah, six, yeah. And Dan, I count Alan as seven too because the writing is just so stellar. But I, was, for Allie, purposes, Allie for purposes, I'm with you. <laughs> but still, even if you add him and you have seven characters in one room, all right, it's insane. <laughs> It's insane. We we can count seven. We can count seven. We can count the classroom yeah. as as like a, as another. Character. Oh, that works too. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of yeah. Yeah. Oh. Whenever she is, whenever the mom comes in near the end of the movie, this is like I don't know. Would this? I don't think that this could be. This is a climax of the movie. Uh, the entire movie, we're told about the crumbled relationship that was Mary and Charlie. Uh, we finally see them together in only one scene through the movie. We see them together and they talk about it. And Mary goes on a tirade about how awful Ellie is, their daughter. Mm-hmm. And after explaining to him how bad she is, you're right, Patrick. All Charlie can say about her is she's amazing. And whenever she brings up proof, zero that she, context that she is <laughs> that she is that she has been mocking Charlie the entire time that they've been spending time together. Charlie's only response is there's nothing Ellie can say or do that could hurt his feelings. Yep. That is some powerful shit. Because there's well, nothing that Ellie can say or do that is worse than what Charlie feels about himself. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. I mean, that the, my main thesis for me of this whole movie is, can you make up for a lifetime of mistakes at the end? Yeah. In so many words, you know, can you do one last good thing to make up for all the bad? Go on. <laughs> okay, I didn't know. It looked like you had a comment. Um, no. Yeah, no. So, like, I mean, it it's pretty obvious that it, it starts. Um, the only thing I knew coming in was that it's him and his daughter trying to reconnect. So this was all no trailers, nothing as our style goes. I knew zero except these two people in this movie. Yes. Uh, and pretty quickly you learn that even though you don't know the details, Charlie's made a lot of mistakes and he needs to make up for them extremely quickly. You know that's coming down the line. And my biggest praise to this movie, which I told you when I called you also 
per tradition after the movie mm-hmm. is you knew almost everything that was going to happen in this movie and it didn't matter. Yeah, that's the that is like a this this movie is very uh, Greek in that there is there's this thing called universal irony and universal irony is that we the audience knows the outcome. We know the outcome of this story. Yep. The only one that I didn't feel quite followed that was maybe Thomas, but you also knew something was up with him. Well, that was was one of the fun bait and switches, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, it was sure, we might know we might know Charlie's end at the very beginning of the story, mm-hmm. but we don't know how that's what's going to happen with with Liz, his best friend. We don't know how that's going to affect Thomas or Allie. Like, that's the thing. We own whenever you know the ending of a story, you only know one side of that ending. Yep. And that's uh-huh. why. Yeah. Getting spoiled on things sucks like a lot of the times. But you have to also think about how that 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 one thing that you were spoiled about is actually just like one facet about the ending and that the rest of the story, as long as it's powerful enough, like it won't matter that, you know, the end of the story. Yeah. Uh, Even if it's your central character like Charlie. I have a question. Yeah. You get in the theater. How many people are in there? Okay, so when you see it. Yeah, I have a kind of fun story about seeing this. Because I have a spinoff question based on how many. Okay. Um but, but. two, but they definitely weren't paying attention to the movie. They talked the entire time. They were on their phones, and I'm pretty sure they were trying to fuck, but were <laughs> but like a weird movie they... to do that in. Yeah. <laughs> Pick a different movie, man. <laughs> Pick a different lane. Oh, so like we so I got in there, it's about uh, five minutes before a screening, and I always, you know, take a good look around. Um, and this movie theater has kind of like a corner where the door is. And so I walk mm. in through the door and I turn that corner, and there's the two teenagers or young adults, whatever. And they're kind of like giving me the eye. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to sit anywhere near them. <laughs> so yeah. I pick a seat kind of near the back. Uh, around the corner, so I couldn't see them <laughs> because I That's knew that I was a good idea. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, okay. And so they so. don't stop talking the entire time. They're on their phone. I could see their fucking phone light around the corner uh, and on like the ceiling being reflected the entire time. And then about ten minutes into the movie, somebody else walks in. Yeah. You know, and this guy, um, he sits down like right behind me. He's like, so sorry that I just came in. And, you know, I'm like, fuck it. At least he apologized. You know, he should have moved. He sounds creepier than those teenagers. No, dude, he was not creepy at all. (laughs) Me and him ended up becoming buddies. So so I lean back and I kind of like fill him in on the first 10 minutes of the movie. So he's all caught up. He comes up. He sits next to me. And now I got a movie buddy. (laughs) <laughs> okay so then he's gonna be the best one to ask this question yeah you uh you read my react like my theater's reaction to the opening to this movie yeah what since he didn't see it yeah. what was his reaction when you told him about the opening first like three minutes 
No, I, by that point, dude, I, I just gave like the quick rundown. I didn't explain to him oh, okay. everything that happened. And okay. trust me, uh, the teenagers weren't weren't paying attention to any fucking part of this movie. Well, so my theater was pretty full, and I, I Do that was the first time. What the uh, what the like opening of this movie is because I yeah. think that it's one of the most brilliant openings I've seen in a while. Yep. So it opens with you're kind of hearing some noises. I'm pretty sure the screen was black and it cuts right open to Brendan Fraser's character, Charlie, having a little happy time. (laughs) But what is different and maybe the unexpected portion of this after you realize what's happening is that he's watching gay porn Uh, instantly because of what I knew. The very little, I was like, oh, that's why. Interesting. Like, you know, and then I was like, oh, I wonder how this is going to play out. And there's a knock on the door and he doesn't think to stop what he's doing. And I guess, can you assume Liz has like seen this before? 100%. (laughs) And just like hung out while it's happened. He's just cool with it. Like, yeah. I don't understand, uh, but it's not well, so. His like, buddy. here's the deal. Here's the deal. I don't th- like what had happened to me was that he was doing it. He was about to offload. He had a hard episode, mm-hmm. and he thought that Liz was just at the door. Like he had already. Yeah, yeah. What he was, what he was whacking off. He was already came. It was already done. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I but... don't think that like. He was beating it, heard her at the door, and then was like, "Oh, come right in." It's hey, okay. But he he, he kind of was though. Like it was kind of weird. He was weird. having a heart attack. Maybe not because he was whacking <laughs> yeah, yeah. off. That's fair. You're right. I didn't think of it from that angle. Um, but yeah, it's not Liz. And this this movie is plucky... so funny at points, dude. Oh my god, I know. And you know, like that so funny. That particular part, though, like that was one of probably the only time I've ever experienced an entire theater awkwardly laughing because they're like, "This is serious, but it is funny." I don't know how to feel. Uh, <laughs> so Thomas comes in this plucky little new life bastard. He wants to come in. <laughs> Thomas is so all about. Thomas is like the heart of this movie. What? Yeah. Stop. <laughs> yeah, he's like the heart of this movie, dude. He's like because like everything that like Brendan Fraser's character Charlie comes to like appreciate about his own daughter and his own life in some way constantly stems from Thomas. Gonna have to have you explain that to me. I didn't pick up on okay super direct aspects, but yeah, yeah. I so mean, Thomas comes in, and of course, it's not who he thinks, and panic sets in. Yeah, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he panics. Uh, um, and and this is the beginning of the relationship with Thomas, who will come in and visit Charlie every day, uh, except his final day, until Charlie dies. Um, the reason why I say that he is like detrimental to this movie that he's the heart of this movie as i called it is because he is he is like the focus 
of everybody else's morality. We can't trust That's true. anybody's morality in this movie. Liz is so filled with regret that she couldn't prevent her brother's suicide, Charlie's lover, her brother from, from suicide, that she believes that she's the only person that could help Charlie in this horrible time of his life. You know, Ellie comes around mm -hmm. And she isn't responsive at all. She doesn't talk to him. She, in fact, seems to hate him and even seems to do something terrible to Thomas along the way. Charlie himself can't is struggling trying to find, as you say, the one good thing that he did throughout his life of horrible deeds, including leaving his daughter, uh, including... I believe the reason why he's so like hell bent on dying this way is because he feels like he pushed uh, Liz's brother to kill himself, that he thinks that he's the reason deep down. He thinks he's the reason why he killed himself. Um, mm -hmm. So all of these terrible things only either come to light or get turned around because of intervention by Thomas, you know? Okay. All right. Even yeah. even to the point that, sure, Liz was trying to fuck him up by framing him and sending all that horrible evidence back back to his hometown that he stole from the communion, um, the, the communion pool. Uh, but because it actually helped him and Charlie and, and Thomas says that to Charlie, Charlie finally understands that his daughter is good that he was right yeah. that mary might be wrong that even though much like him she has a terrible outer shell she must care for somebody deep down she has to the moment yeah. oh my god my favorite part of the movie my favorite part of the movie is when Oh God, is he talking to Mary or is he talking to Liz? I think he's talking to Liz. Um, and he has tears in his eyes and he out asks her something like, um, do you ever get the feeling that people can't help but look out for each other? Oh yeah. And I was Yeah, like, that was a good one. <laughs> oh yeah. Like that and and he doesn't come to that realization without Thomas. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I could see where you got there then. Uh, I just kind of, uh, yeah, I guess it makes sense. I mean, my my explanation for him always seemed to be like he was always just kind of around, but I never like put that much onus on the fact that he was just kind of always around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> a reason why on. he's around, Patrick. You don't, Darren Aronofsky doesn't put somebody in there yeah, like yeah. that. You know, and that's, yeah. that's, what I, I I mean, the last few days, I've literally just can't stop thinking about how well crafted and executed this movie is. Um, and uh, I'll tell you uh, um, a fun mystery throughout the movie for me at least mm -hmm. was trying to pinpoint not the importance of that essay. He has an essay that he likes to read himself. It calms him whenever uh, he's going into his episodes. He, he, it seems to almost have like a supernatural element. Yeah. To, you know, a, a weird ritual thing. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I was trying to figure out throughout the movie was who wrote it. Oh, that's the, that's the first thing that I thought was given away. 
Yeah. Well, see, like I was sure because there was so much onus on him leaving the family for one of his students. Oh, okay. Yeah, that it would be that it was like the essay that made him fall in love with with Liz's brother. Okay. See, I I immediately was like, oh, it's the daughter. Yeah. I didn't even think to question it. I was like, it doesn't sound like college level writing, but that's what it got. That's why, like, I was like so interested by it. That's why it was like such a such a, 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 a mystery to me. No, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it was in that that was one of the parts though that I did figure out. But there are other moments that definitely caught me off guard. And for me, it was Alan. The reveal that Alan was her brother. Oh yeah, that was that's funny. Both and of his us, husband. Both of us had like opposite reactions to those things because yeah, I was like, like that was because I was that thinking me. like well like the moment that she was in there i was like why the fuck like what is their relationship like if he never leaves his house how does she know yeah. him and then it hit me pretty quick oh they were siblings that's his for lack of term sister yeah i did not put that together at all i was like well maybe she's like someone that he has to pay on the side to come and do whatever my uh check my, on him my boy my new movie friend john shouts out john um, what's up john yeah, uh, <laughs> he was super surprised by that. Yeah, yeah, he he. That's this is interesting, and just for the fact that you and I both saw different surprises throughout this film. Yeah, uh, really it's, fun. Whenever you don't give away your information in blatant exposition that's when these kind of reveals can be fun yeah because these aren't yeah because these aren't twists that are gonna change the movie they're not gonna change the trajectory of the movie but they're just little crumbs as you say in in, in your write-up little bits of of information that is drip fed to you that make the movie more enjoyable yep it, it feels watching. so much faster than it has the right to be based on what it's trying to do. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. The movie moves at a cliff. Well, there's yeah. no... I mean, you want to talk about trimming the, the fat off of a, a screenplay here. Every single conversation is just like so quick-paced and everything just keeps moving along. Yeah. Uh, Even like one of my favorite example of that was right when... Ellie visits her the first time again and he offers to write up the papers and all that stuff. Yeah. But he, but you like you can you know as a dad he phrases it in a way of like I'll help you. But she goes, "Oh no, you're going to write them for me." And like that's <laughs> that's how fast that conversation goes. She doesn't like yeah, weasel her no way into BS it. No, and it was great. It was like he is going to write them. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's that his that's a now. great <laughs> thing in that it makes you relate with her mother. Yeah. You know, as the audience member, we ourselves start wondering why does Charlie think that she's amazing? She's yeah done been taking like advantage and he knows it. Dude, I did not like her character for three quarters of this movie. I loved her. It was written so well. I hated her guts. (laughs) Yeah. It was like one of those things that the entire time I was like 
I was like, oh, she's going to have an emotional payoff at the end of this movie that's going to be so fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be so yeah. wild. Yeah. It was great. You know? So, yep. when, when do you think that this movie uh, kicked it into the next level for you? Oh, at what point in this is... movie did you realize that this wasn't just like another movie that you were seeing in the theater, that you were actually witnessing something special to you? Um, A lot of moments, but <laughs> the very, very first one. Um, Actually, I want to give you two because there's two very important ones. Um, One is... The way that he laughs slash smirks when he reads the haiku that she writes. Did you catch that that was a haiku? Oh, yeah, immediately. And I knew like he knew it and he was enjoying it for the fact that she was being a smart asshole. (laughs) Not just an asshole. She's like, no, I am smart, but I'm not going to give you what you want. It was that moment and... The second time that Liz brings him meatball subs with extra cheese and you saw her face, the it took me back to when I did the philosophy 101 class and I forget the name of it now, but watch that movie about assisted suicide. Like it felt like she understood what he wanted oh, and yeah. was like, I can't do anything about it and I'm just going to keep feeding you things till you die. And that really hit me hard. Yeah, she really kicks it up a notch in this movie. I hope that. Yeah. I mean, she has just had a, a terrific career uh, the past oh, couple yeah. years since being in Watchmen. Uh, was the first time that I, I first role that I like distinctly remember seeing her in um, as as Lady True, and she was fantastic in that. Mm-hmm. Um, great in the menu yeah yes wonderful <laughs> i loved her she seems to to be like becoming one of those actors that you just toss her anything yeah and, and she'll make it work yeah she's gonna knock it out of the park she's absolutely yeah. terrific what was yours mine was Mine, mine. Let's see, because because you're right. There's just so many like little things about this movie, and like for me that that the sandwich one, that's a really small thing to think about. But it like it, for me it hit. I was like, oh, I don't think that's that was a what's small happening. thing to think about. I mean, at that point, no? the second time that she brings the meatball subs is and the last time two I think, of them is the last time I think that she sees him. Okay, all right. Yeah, no, like she I thought there was and, one more time. That was but... that's on Friday. I know that because I just saw the movie, remember? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, to Fair you, enough. I think that the movie's uh, like more jumbled up than it is to me right now. It's been a month. Right. Yeah, I I have like pure clarity, you know, almost too. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> right. Right, 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 right. Um I think mine it, is when I realized that the dialogue in this movie 
had so much purpose. Uh which it's an old dialogue movie, but I think that that becomes most clear whenever uh, Thomas is talking to Charlie about Christ and the Bible and is the world going to end soon? And Charlie explains to him that he's read the Bible and he's read more pamphlets that new life has to offer and that he went down this path before and that he just can't seem to think that if the world is ending, why he would want to spend it doing what he's doing because Charlie, the world is ending in that time frame. The world is going to be over for him. Yeah. And he's got days left. (laughs) <laughs> and it and it keeps on coming back to the same thing to me that this is a man filled with regret. Oh, you know, oh that, for sure, yeah. And and at least his regret comes from somewhere and that he if he's wasting the last days of his life, it's for a reason. But this kid is just too young to have that negative output and charlie recognizes that yeah there's Uh, just the humanity to charlie that makes him immediately one of my favorite characters of all time oh he's amazing uh the one that i always felt now like him leaving his family you're gonna feel regret about that for the rest of your life no matter what the end result is just what it it's what it is even if you do it in a happy place it's not going to be well, a so positive. So I wanted to ask you, how end. long ago do you think uh, 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 Alan killed himself? I, and that, yeah, because it never really says, does it? No. Um, and that was like, I wish I had noticed if there were dates on the photo booth pictures, because if there is, that might help. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily that... mean fact. So I don't know. Because like I, my guess is like three to five. That's exactly what I was. I was thinking like four, maybe at the most six years. Yeah. Has passed. And so I, you know, you think Charlie, uh, Alan kills himself. Charlie goes into a deep depression. binge eats for let's say two to three years. Also another interesting thing that they did with that is he is, I'm assuming anorexic. Alan was. I think so. Yeah. That's the I, I can't imagine they would they weren't really um, hyping the idea of bulimia through the dialogue. So I think it was the other option. So yeah, either way, uh, I, I so do. interesting contrast yeah. with those two because he he chooses to eat everything in sight instead. Yeah, I, well, I think that that's a psychological thing. Like Charlie's going to yeah. eat what Alan never did eat. Right. You know, and and like I said, I think that one of the main things that's that about Charlie is that he feels responsible for Alan's death. And that's and that the, is the one that isn't, I feel like he shouldn't be right. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously that's the most human part of it for me on him is that he has regret for something that he really couldn't control. Yeah. And she even tells him he stayed alive two to three years longer, probably because she knew he knew him. Yeah, exactly. Liz even mentions that, that that was probably going to be Alan's end no matter what. Yeah. 
you know that is a power oh man i love that scene on the couch and, and i mean you <laughs> do like that that's it's just one of those you know whenever you're feeling your worst you do things to yourself that make it worse you know yeah and, i mean i that's... do that with movies if i'm in a sad mood i watch a sad movie why would i put myself in a more sad mood it's stupid <laughs> i don't know man it's something i've never understood and i never will understand uh and so you have to think that charlie's in a mass depression from having his lover kill himself at the same time he's still feeling guilt over leaving his family and so i think that he's going to do something that will make him like that won't make him feel better the thing that would make him feel better is to contact his daughter to talk to her yeah but he's not going to allow himself to do that because it would make himself feel better Mm -hmm. so he's going to continually make the choice of punishing himself, which includes this horrible binge eating. Let's talk about that. Oh man, that was that was that's a classic scene for me. <laughs> so, I'll never forget that moment. So we have a uh, we have a, a, a super tertiary character named Dan, who kind I of love Dan. Has a small relationship <laughs> with Charlie throughout the movie, but at the end. After delivering his food, he stays and waits to see what Charlie looks like as he comes out and gets the food. And Um, well, so it's really interesting because they make him sound more concerned through the door each time he comes. Yeah. Uh, Really neat how they did that because you literally don't see the dude. You just hear his voice through a door and you can you feel him getting more and more upset by the situation. And he doesn't even know what the situation is. <laughs> yeah. It's like what? Horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Horrible. It is. Yeah. And Charlie goes on, man, could you imagine filming this scene? I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> Double pepperoni doing? ranch. And then he was uh <laughs> and then he uh he made something and he put jelly all over it. <laughs> Yeah, it was wild. Wild dog. <laughs> and God was... help me, he ate both those pizzas with jelly. <laughs> it was there, dude. Oh, yum. God. College oh. days. Can't do that now. I'd die. No, no <laughs> you absolutely. Charlie could. Yeah. Hobie had so many pizzas. Uh, by the end of it, what you think he's a part owner in whatever that pizza place was called? <laughs> probably, yeah, I don't remember now, but yes, probably. Most likely, they've at least reached out a few times to try and get his money. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, oh how about that? Uh, part learning why, uh, why he wasn't spending money on things, healthcare, uh. One of my... I had already assumed that he had a bunch stowed away in the bank that he wasn't being honest with Liz. Uh, this but is why, another though? example of 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 things being more than what they appear to be yeah. at at the front of things, right? This is another yeah. one of those examples. Um, and that was one of the things in your essay that I wanted to talk about. You had written down 
that Liz is upset because Charlie didn't fix her truck after it broke down and, he had, and she had to get his groceries for him one time. By foot. Yeah, dude, that wasn't one time. Oh, I remember her saying just the once, but okay. No, yeah, the once is is implied that there were so oh, okay. many other times that she could have used financial help. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Good point. That was just like the most recent one that popped into her head. That that's impl- fair. You're right. It goes off on it. She's like, we could have gotten you mm-hmm. medicine. We could have gotten you surgery. Like, yeah. to me, that's her saying like, out of our entire friendship, the last five years, any time that I needed financial help, you could have helped me. Yeah. You know, and this is this is the horrid, horrible thing about truth. And and of course, Charlie's whole thing, this entire movie is honesty. He wants everybody to be honest with everybody. All and he the is time. brutal with it. <laughs> and he can't even and he isn't even honest with the amount of money he has to his best friend. It's so upsetting. Um, that was my favorite part with her. Not even the part when she destroys Thomas. Oh, uh, yeah. it was any, that part. Any, it was the way she delivers that. Any any scene with Liz and Thomas is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. that was my favorite line that she has is because that that really broke my heart that he would do something like that. Yeah. And once again, everything is everything is is through the facade of of, of Charlie punishing himself. His excuse yep. for this is that all of that money is for his daughter Allie, but he's already made it up in his mind that he's going to die. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I, you know, I think he had for a while. I think it's just oh, Liz yeah, that I has think to deal was... with it potentially his plan he let's yeah. be real charlie knows that charlie can't jump off a bridge right can't get there he just can't do it <laughs> one yeah. he's too big but two he doesn't have the courage physically cannot get there yeah it's not, it's not and doable. i don't want to say courage as in like it's brave to kill yourself but like he can't i, I understand he can't yeah, I understand. himself to do it like alan could yeah, no, and, and also you know... he's a huge man. <laughs> he's a huge, terrifying yeah. man. <laughs> he's like yep. the moment he I saw him stand up for the first time on screen, I was like, oh my god, that is literally like if Jabba the Hutt decided terrifying. to stand up at full uh, size, dude. Huge, massive. Was the was the key your most tense moment in the whole movie? Because it might have been mine. Oh God, dude! Whenever it dropped, <laughs> yeah, my, I, I remember sitting there with you going, "Oh no, what's he gonna do?" <laughs> and then the claw doesn't work. <laughs> it's like the claw doesn't work. He's fucked. He's got to get that grabber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, no, do you no, think absolutely. that? Do you think that any? Um. Any CGI was used for how tall he was? Uh, I think I don't remember him being that tall. So I That's do the think thing. there was something that, going on there. I think that there, there might be a little bit of CGI work done to make yeah. him even larger. 
Which was smart because in that apartment space, it looks a lot more terrifying when he's the whole screen and makes oh, him an entire room. Yeah. Like the, the scene where that actually that particular scene I was talking about when he walks back and they frame the doorway in a way with the wheelchair that yeah. he barely fits into his own bedroom. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's massive. Uh, prosthetics that would weigh up to 300 pounds. My God. Oh, yeah, let's just get a fat guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... I, there, I mean... Is there a fat actor that's that fat? <laughs> also, I don't know... One, they wouldn't be famous enough to get enough money to be willing to do it. <laughs> Okay, let's just throw that one out there. You'd have to throw me lots of millions to feel ashamed on screen for millions and millions of people. At that point, you would like literally, he would, it wouldn't even be a role. He would just be living his life. What do you think <laughs> about, what do you think about the moment when, um, when his daughter is crying because he wasn't a part of her life and he asked, and then he said, like, look at me. Who would want me a part of their life? Oof. Uh, I mean, that it goes with one of the lines that I liked with Thomas when he asks him if he thinks he's disgusting. Oh, uh, yeah. And how about that? Let's talk about a little bit of Thomas and his new life shit. Because yeah, yeah. these little fucking punks are the worst. <laughs> these little <laughs> fucking pricks. This little fucking 19-year-old <laughs> Stupid runaway missionary guy who has never in his life met a, a, a real gay person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ever. Like, never yeah. in his life. Never in his life. Because he's sitting there and, and Charlie has to bring it out to out of him. Like, you're like literally nervous around me because you think I want to rape you. I mean, that's yeah. not what they say in the movie, but that's what's implied. Like, Thomas. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Does it like here's the deal, fucking Patrick? Okay, like, okay, I consider myself a, a, a heterosexual male, right? Yeah, which means that I find girls my age, women my age, around my age attractive, sure, right? Yeah, you got the occasional hot mom, it's fine, and the occasional hot mom, of yeah. course. Yeah, but what, I, what there is not, <laughs> what there is not, and there is never, is like a moment where like I'm like, oh, this person that I I see as a kid is attractive. Like I'm old enough now that like that's even good. Twenty <laughs> like twenty one and twenty two year olds, I'm like, oh, like they're not even. Yeah, they're like weird to me. They're like unappealing. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. And so, like, the fact that this Thomas kid, like, meets the one gay guy that he's ever met in his life and can't fathom that the man isn't attracted to him is, like, so insulting to Charlie. Right? There's that. And then there's even, like, when he does find out that he's going to be going home, he still is committed to helping Charlie get better. (laughs) And that's just not him being fat. That's also him being gay. Like... (laughs) What's wrong with this kid? (laughs) This kid. This kid's the worst. Fucking Thomas. 
I still stand by it. He's the heart of this movie, but he sucks. He does suck. It, it's only the events that happen because of him that make him the heart, not him himself. <laughs> he sucks. Fair enough. Let me put Fair that enough. out there. Can we agree on that? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, there had to be one character that sucked the whole like throughout the film. And Dude, we're like even Ellie, who's like, who's like a bitch the entire time and like posting photos of her humongous dad like we're not even like she sucks like she's i she's okay well, she's her she does she's like him. she does these tiny things though that you're like oh she actually knows what she's doing she's not doing it out of teenage angst she's aware that like this is gonna hurt somebody well i well not just that not just that but but then the flip at the very end whatever yeah. Whenever she comes in and and Liz is there with Charlie and Liz just finally tells her like Charlie's going to die. He's going to die real soon, probably today. Yep. And the Uh, first thing that comes out of Ellie's mouth is, well, then let's get him to a fucking hospital. Like immediate, the immediate change in her is right there proving Charlie's point that even though she puts off this hard veneer. She does still care about him. She does really care about him. Let's okay. You got me all excited now. We've talked a lot about the little, little intricacies. Let's talk about the first request that Ellie makes of her dad to what happens during this conversation, the reading, the moment he does his thing, um, all the way up to the ending. Let's get into it. What was your reaction? You obviously are smart enough, like me, like most people, to know that her request in the beginning for him to walk to her will come back eventually. I imagined it happening very similar to this, to how it ended up happening. I, I figured that him getting up and walking across the floor uh would kill him in some way. Yep. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I thought that that was, and that's fine. That's great. That's, that, yeah, um, it was in the books. You knew exactly how this was going to end. This movie, and you knew it was a perfect yeah. ending to this movie. Yeah. You know, and it, it's great. Now, Patrick, I got to tell you, dude, and I, I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I do not cry to things. I don't I cry at movies. I don't cry at music. I I'm don't. A, a big baby. I don't get emotional <laughs> at like anything that I'm like reading, watching, experiencing. Uh, I, I just don't. It's I, I I there's a fourth wall in front of me. I know that everything that's happening on that side of the fourth wall is fake and doesn't deserve any real emotion. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. There's a lot of people that are that way. So I then, am not. <laughs> Whenever I tell you that the final scenes of this movie made me tear up, that is more raw emotion than I've had in a movie in a very long time, dude. That is insane. In Uh, a very long time. Everything about the climax of this movie is perfect yeah i can't think of a movie that 
executes its final 10 minutes, maybe? Yeah. Seven minutes? Oh, my God. More perfectly (laughs) than this movie. Everything that has happened in this movie comes back. It comes back in Charlie's favor. He's able to go happily. He's able to Mm -hmm. do something that he hasn't been able to do on his own for who knows how long, you know, actually stand and walk. And he goes to the thing that he cares most about in this world, his daughter, while hearing his favorite essay that he's ever read. He's read thousands of them. He's an English professor. He's read thousands of them. This is the one that brings him happiness. This is the one that brings him joy. And he's able to hear it one last time from the person who he loves the most, because that's who wrote it as he's walking across and then boom, beach, white light dove lifts off the ground fade to white oh it was amazing (laughs) i'm sad now (laughs) just talking about it (laughs) and the way this is like sadie sink's performance right at the end of this i haven't seen stranger things but i cannot imagine that there's one scene in stranger things that even comes close to what not she's that to what she's, she's mostly able- she's a lot more what like you see a lot of this movie during stranger things which is why i really hated the character because i'm like oh she's just doing the same fucking thing and then you're right the last 10 to 15 minutes happens and yeah. your mind is blown she <laughs> <laughs> uh, she she has some like she tends to be the in stranger things she tended to be the the one that um uh, was a little more serious so yeah. it was in her but in a show like that you don't have to show that not that level yeah absolutely so you know i was not sure she had it and i pleased to report i am incorrect and we have a future artist on our hands for a very very long time <laughs> yeah i totally agree dude i'm just like i can't believe this is a movie that I that was very anticipated for the last, you know, year and a half for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Darren Aronofsky, a, a director that I've loved for a while now, to getting to knowing and, and knowing that, you know, a a Brendan Fraser, a childhood action hero to me, you know, was. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. So fun. You know, we're in a we're in a <laughs> Dude, you we're in know. a phase of Hollywood that like kids who were my age, whenever the mummy came out, probably don't even know who Brendan Fraser is unless if they watch Doom Patrol. I mean, did you know my Brendan Fraser character that steals my heart in all moments? Oh yeah, scrubs, dude. <laughs> yeah, like that's it. Like that is a defining character in my lifetime when it comes to anything I've ever ever watched, which is also what Frank will now be going forward. <laughs> Frank was the shit. <laughs> Frank was the best. If if only if only Charlie had Frank. Yeah right. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, how cute would that have been? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's. Um, just the whole movie itself is pitted, you know, pitted in a way that, like you said, if that ending doesn't 
whole itself together, it's not a good movie. Yeah. You know, it's just a really long, boring movie. And it's true. That's just the way that it is. But it's not. Because they nailed it. (laughs) And they nailed it in a way that you would have never expected, man. No, it's it was incredible. Uh, All all the actors, all the people that helped form the way that he was planning to direct that film. uh, They need credit as well. Uh, Something like that is planned out, set to specific times, set to go exactly how Darren Aronofsky wants it to go. I can't imagine they had a lot of leeway in this particular case to just kind of riff. So if it's not what he wanted, they were redoing it. Uh, And they did it. I think Brandon Frazier showed me something I didn't know he had. Um, that is probably the opinion of every human that's ever watched him in a movie because <laughs> I don't remember that ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. The closest is, I think, the example I have. I think you're right. And he's still like a goofy dude in that, so it's yeah. not the same. You're right. You, I think uh, you're 100% right. Which is probably why he's my favorite <laughs> of my childhood characters because <laughs> he had this depth to him that just kind of blew me away. I was like, oh, 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 that's happening. <laughs> uh, he did it again, and I think you're gonna you're gonna see him in a lot of things that aren't what we remember him in. Um, but I do hope he does another mummy because that would be fun as hell. Well, you know his <laughs> his career is the last year has been really good and bad for him. We're talking mm-hmm. about this being great. I mean, now you have to think that he's at. He's going to be at least for a little bit a name that we can expect to have a a comeback in Hollywood here. Yeah, at least two movies sucks. a year. His he was going to be he was set to be uh, the villain in the Batgirl film that was uh, going to be put out in, you know, in from DC movies. Uh, that movie was canceled and thrown away. Uh, and. Tim Gunn stuck with that. Uh, What? And Gunn stuck with that because he probably watched it and he went, well, that that, was That happened before Gunn Gunn came in. Oh, okay. Well, it did, but I just saw a recent article uh, them reconfirming they can't release it because it's basically unwatchable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, no. I think that, (laughs) but yeah. They, they, whenever they, I remember reading that whenever they uh, uh, canceled it, they deleted any edited footage of it. Okay. So it's literally, it's literally unwatchable. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, no, like that kind and of then, stuff. Um, and then the deletion of, of Doom Patrol as well. Yeah. From, uh, yeah, he did, did that. Yeah. He was, he, he was just said the voice, right? Yeah. He did the voice body performance by somebody else. Uh, yeah. But still, I mean, those are two, at least moderately successful things that he was in. They're decent high profile. Oh, he's going to be back. You expect uh, big prediction. Yeah, huge prediction, Mundo. Expect within the next two years, Brendan Fraser yeah. is going to be cast in some Marvel project. That, um, you know what's something I'd want to see him do? Ah. And it's because there hasn't been a good one in a very, very long time. 
is I would like to see him do a romantic comedy. Oh yeah, of course you would. Wow, how how? Hey, hey, make fun of me all you want. How but if he different can do it, and unique! Wow, romantic but, comedy, not you. But if he, but if he can take what he does in the whale and put that into an actually meaningful relationship, I want to watch on the screen. I'd appreciate it. I haven't liked a romantic comedy in almost ten years. Hey, they're Mundo. dead. They're dead. They're not dead. dead. Someone will revive it and it will be my day again and you will have to watch one and it's going to suck for you. <laughs> I'll watch, if it's good, I'll watch it. But it won't. And that's what I'm hoping because if Amazon puts another dumbass movie out, I'm going to burn it. Horrible them. fucking genre of movie. That is not comedy. accurate. You're wrong, but it's fine. <laughs> um, two <laughs> movies that are coming out this year with Brendan Fraser that. We might uh, uh, review one of these. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, a Martin Scorsese mm. Western crime film. Yeah, is Leo actually in it? Yeah, Leo's in it. Robert okay. De in it. Jesse Plemons is in it. For a while, he was trying to find someone else to be in it, wasn't he? Leo didn't want to act in it. He wanted to be a producer, I think. I could understand why. Yeah, it's getting older. He wants a yeah. break. <laughs> and then uh, Brothers, oh. a comedy film. Ooh, comedy film? Okay. Yeah. I need a good comedy. Yeah, it's uh, going to be starring Bro- Josh Brolin and Peter Dinklage. Oh, I don't know. I don't like that cast, that group of people. What the fuck are you talking about? Josh Brolin and Peter Dinklage? They're fantastic. In a comedy? Yeah, dude. Could work. I have I have reservations, but it, it could would have work. to be. It would. It, it can't. It's not. I can't. It's, it's got to be like a bro comedy, right? It's, yeah, it's a Cohen Brothers movie. Oh, uh, I called it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's sense, not like your. It's not like a grown up style comedy. Okay, all right. I was concerned. Right. Uh, no, that work. helps a little. Helps a tiny bit. I'll see how it works out. Uh, no, I'd like to see that. Uh, question for you huh. because it's the only comedy i've enjoyed in a very long time as well as speaking of other things i haven't enjoyed in a long time <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh gosh what were we just talking about remind me i just Josh forgot it that quick <laughs> no Roman no peter dinklage oh the comedies oh comedies um have you seen barb and star yet Barb and Star? Have you never heard of this movie? No. Dude, it's so funny. <laughs> I was dying. Like, I have not seen a movie this funny in a long time. It is. Uh, it's Kristen Wiig and. Go uh, to Vista Del Mar? Yeah, it's Kristen Wiig and um, Letch. Um, God, what's her first name from SNL? This uh, is terrible. Uh, oh, dude, it's so funny. <laughs> There's like an Austin Powers vibe to it also. And it has the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey. Kristen Wiig plays two characters in the movie, which is also funny. It's a really good time. All four of us were dying. I mean, I'm so sure I, you and all three of your gay friends, but... Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Shut it down, Thomas. I'm just saying that... Uh, 
Kristen Just give Wiig it a is chance. not who I want to see a movie with. <laughs> I say give it a chance because we need a good comedy in our lives again. And I thoroughly enjoyed that one. Um, I can't even tell you anything because there are moments that happen in it that I'm like, there's no reason for this, but I'm enjoying what they're doing with Fifty Shades of Grey guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jamie I mean, something. This movie poster uh, alone is feels like it's giving me eye cancer. Dude, it's classic like early two thousands comedy. It really I was, was there funny. for it. It has like the yeah. they have like the a funny little like image going on with people just like badly photoshopped onto yeah. a giant shrimp for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just it's wonderful. Give it a shot. Any last comments on the whale today? Uh yeah, I just can't believe that you out of all the comedies that you say is bringing back comedy this is the one it would if people cared <laughs> people i i love listen part of the reason is i <laughs> super super love rachel dretch she is one of my she's one of my favorite snl people of all time because she's got the debbie downer skit and that is my favorite skit of all time who still watches Saturday Night Live? Oh, I I, I don't, but I <laughs> just all like, like no, I just watch the Debbie Downer video every once in a while because <laughs> I love it. Mm, How do you not? Um, good time. I, don't know. Um, I haven't. I don't know a single Saturday Night Live skit since like 2003, maybe, dude. Yeah, our one friend's into it, so sometimes we watch like little skits from previous episodes that are recent. They're never yeah. funny. <laughs> they're not like they're not the classic funny. I just feel like they're not. <laughs> They've funny. gone downhill. <laughs> just feel like they're really not funny anymore. Well, f- freaking Keenan Thomas is still an SNL cast member. Oh, greatest! Bro, it's been like twenty it. years. Greatest to ever do it. <laughs> it can't be if it took him that long to get out. God, he doesn't want out he's a lifer no Patrick, he likes it yeah he likes it i cannot believe i we did it my whole heart that the whale came to my local theater so happy for you out of all the movies <laughs> that i was expecting to see on the billboards this weekend this was not on there even a little bit um <laughs> the guy at the <laughs> desk told me that it definitely wouldn't be in another week. <laughs> Which should tell you how great it, it was doing at my theater. It's, I feel like that would be a tough small town sell. Most, you I'll know, tell you what, just in general, most movies are a, a hard small town sell. A lot yeah, of them. Are. Except even, for like, even you might like, have Quantumanium. Well, like, that's the thing. Even Marvel movies, unless if it's, like, a really, really big one, you don't get that much people coming to uh, preview night or opening night. Most people come on Saturday. Oh, interesting. That's odd. I know, right? I mean, to me, I want to see... I mean, Saturdays are probably easier, but... I just want to see movies as soon as I can. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, yeah. Well, yeah, obviously, that's why we do this. Right. (laughs) Vanilla Bear. How can... Yeah, how can the people help us, Chocolate Bear? They could help us by sending this podcast over to Brendan Fraser's Twitter account. Can we add him as a hashtag to the end of our episodes? We can do it this time. 
Okay. All right. Doing this time. Uh, on the reel, if somebody Sorry, could Batista. email us at pop culture, God damn it, every time, every time, the Forest Film Club 22 <laughs> at gmail.com. That, that is forestfilmclub22 at gmail.com. Please let us know what you want to hear, what you want us to review. We, we love will, new things. Once again, I'll say it and I'll say it again. We will reorganize our calendar to bring you guys something you want to hear. That's right. That's right. This was our first A24. I am so excited to go on this A24 journey with you. Um, because of the passion we have with that company, um, they just kind of stole our hearts from one of the movies we that I have just delivered today. To, to you're right, Patrick. To to clarify, something that Patrick and I have tossed out the idea of of doing before is uh, one review a month covering a different A twenty four movie, as we believe that. Uh, at this time, A24 is the number one film company in the world. Yeah, and uh, we want we want to experience all of their movies, no matter what. So this is officially the first A24 cast that we're going to be doing. Super exciting! Um, because we just had to talk about this early, we need to pick another one, but that's okay. I can watch a different one. That's absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna rate this movie uh, an A one. <laughs> an A one. Yep. Like all the steak sauce he eats, probably. That's right. Oh God! <laughs> By the gallon. He just drinks it. <laughs> Over there has been the Vanilla Bear Patrick. Thanks for having me, man. I'm glad you got to enjoy it. Absolutely, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, and what would you like chocolate bear to be our hashtag for our good friend, Brendan Frazier now? <laughs> uh, oh, I got it. I got it. Go. Uh, hashtag phrasing the bar. <laughs> awesome. Good one. Yep, yep, you did and it. If you don't know, you should know this has been your chocolate bear mood, though. This has been, of course, the Forest Film Club. One more time, uh, email us at forestfilmclub22 at gmail.com. Uh, thank you for joining me over here, Patrick. Thank you for listening, Cub and Cubettes. And thank you, Darren Aronofsky, longtime listener of the cast. Really appreciate you. Glad we could have you on today. Uh, we will see you all <laughs> next time. 